0: Today's guest is the Associate Director of Brand Experience at the AT&T Discovery District. He joined AT&T in 2012 as a retail sales consultant and later worked in sales operations. He has received the AT&T Service Excellent Award four times and is active in the Visit Dallas Experience Committee and the Downtown Dallas, Inc. Experience Committee. In his current role, he leads strategy, operations, and marketing for the AT&T Discovery District, a vibrant space blending technology, art, and culture for visitors. He manages a team responsible for AT&T's major brand moments like AT&T Turn Up the Love, Dream in Black, and collaborating with the Dallas Cowboys. His team also supports initiatives in Dallas, including the Dallas Holiday Parade and the Red River Showdown. He also oversees the hospitality team, which handles private events at the AT&T Discovery District, ranging from small private dinners to large gatherings. Please help me welcome Keith
1: McCoy. have 24 hours a day, organize your day. Work hard.
0: I'm here to talk about success. Hello, guys. Welcome to Electric Theory Podcast. My name is Gina Shear, and today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Keith McCoy. Keith, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Gina. Happy to be here.
0: Let's jump into your story. I know you are literally the epitome of AT&T, and Josh and I were joking about this earlier, but really not joking. We're like, how do we find a thousand Keith's for bolts? <laughs> Because you drink the Kool-Aid. You are literally a walking, talking, breathing AT&T Discovery District experience brand ambassador. I want to get into your story and how that came about. So, without further ado, go ahead.
1: Well, you're right. I definitely drink the Kool-Aid. I don't know. I can't help it sometimes. It's tasty. Blue, blue, any blue-flavored drink is the best drink, right? So i'll give it that like blue but,
0: raspberry blue raspberry
1: for sure yeah But yeah, one you can't pass it out but it's truly i'm going on over 11 years yeah and and so after after just that time i feel so connected right that cliche is that sounds connected it's, easy, it's funny but <laughs> but like i started that from the yeah
0: 11 years ago Out of high school mm-hmm. Where did you go from there? Like, did you know that you always wanted to work, like, in a tech company? Did you go to school, like, beyond high school? Yeah. Like, where'd you go to college at? How did that transition into your at t path?
1: Yes, I had, you know, I had a high school job at Fizzoli's, fast food, fast Italian. Uh-huh. Um, Missed those breadsticks. And I did that from, that was my first job at 16. Okay. And graduated high school, which I my local community college. And uh, had all these plans. Yeah. and then, what, Which were what? So- Go to community college. I had okay. I had completed um this program called A Plus. It was a Missouri program where your first two years of community college were free. So yeah. your associate's degree for free. Had taken college classes in high school to help some of those along just yeah. in general. And then beyond that, go to and finish my bachelor's degree. Yeah. And and I don't know, I didn't have a plan after that. Um, truly in high school and then even in wise I was in community college. I was involved in theater Mm -hmm. and doing technical theater. And so kind of your question about being involved in tech, like, I was never an actor. You're right. You know, I did some things, whatever, in high school, but that's whatever. But all in in college, I was supporting the Fine Arts Center at the school Mm -hmm. and and working with the tech director and and producing the shows. And, you know, in those types of environments, it's all... Everyone does everything. Yeah. And so learned a lot of the crafts for the technical part and and took classes with that. And the intent of let's go to Broadway in the long run and let's be, you know, that lighting designer. Because that's what I wanted to do. Not the cool. audio piece. That's fun. But a lighting designer brings things to life, right? Mm-hmm. And anybody can yell so you can hear them. And, in you know, people can act, things like that. But if you can't see them, and that's what the lighting is doing. And sometimes it's concealing things too, which is fun. And so it's it was that that brought me to that. And that's yeah, what I I wanted to do. I still think about that. I'm still about obsessed. About going on Broadway. I don't, not that. But I mm-hmm. miss. I mean, mid
0: anything mid is mid possible, year. is it not?
1: Yeah, you're right. It is. And
0: I, what if this what if this podcast launched your Broadway career?
1: I would be forever grateful to you. Okay. Yes, I would credit you and and live that life that I've always wanted.
0: I'm gonna start blasting it out to my friends that are on Broadway. Yes.
1: yes. I will i think it just it's fun that, that environment is fun and, yeah. and and those that 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 community of people are resilient yeah we saw that during covid with, with the arts programs and things like that to help pay their bills mm-hmm. I mean, they came together and that's uh, always been a part of it and that's what i see a lot coming back to your ht thing of like um what i do now and all the things i've been in i've always had a great team with me yeah and not just my direct reports but my peers and my manager not everyone has that experience mm-hmm. on the manager piece, mm-hmm. and not everyone has the same on the peers either. Some, some people don't have that right. wonderful time at work, but I've been lucky to have leaders where I've literally... My last three jobs were the managers in a row that I had before them. So I have mm-hmm. six or seven different roles right. and only three managers could right. just come back to them. They get promoted, and then they promote me later, Yeah, and that's been great.
0: Yeah, that's but awesome.
1: Not a universal experience, I like guess. Right. Yeah.
0: So after your time with schooling in Missouri, then how did you get on board with ATT? Uh
1: I started my local store at in my hometown of Papa Blood, Missouri, and I was 19. And, you know, I did it as a part time gig thinking it's gonna help me pay for school after I'm mm-hmm. out because I can transfer. Right. right. Oh, move to St. Louis. That was the big yeah. thing Yeah. Um and now here I am in Dallas thinking St. Louis is huge. And <laughs> um and so I that was my plan. Yeah. If I had a plan. And so I'd go and and use ATT as a way to pay for that, knowing right. the benefits that were there for tuition reimbursement and just sure. the the concept living that they provided. In a small town, they paid really well. And that was at the time attractive. You're mm-hmm. 19. Yeah. Money is great. You're still living at home. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. It was great. And it didn't all pan out like that. Yeah. Left community college even, didn't even earn my associate's degree. And but Continued the career with AT and T, became full time, and the continuing education I took with them helped propel me. Kind of, you know, moved around the Midwest. I was here, and then Southern Illinois for a little bit, then back to Missouri, then to Oklahoma, and now here in Dallas. And so it's been—I don't know—that journey. I thought I was going to go on, but a little bit differently,
0: right? Yeah. So throughout that course of your extensive experience at AT and T, did you ever be like? Wow, where's where's my Broadway opportunity going to come from?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's been a little bit it ebbs and flows every once in a while of like, man, I wish I was
0: on Broadway. Broadway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wish i even even not Broadway, just being. I really loved being involved in that theater environment, that that live entertainment. I'll say live entertainment. Yeah, that's maybe better because mm-hmm. it's not just theater. I think those production. Type of communities are are very niche, and they they have a, a skill set that's built upon years of experience, and they're all rooting for each other, they want it to be great. And so, yeah, I think about that sometimes, Wait, especially especially now,
0: especially right now. Yeah, why right now?
1: Uh, because my role now exposes yeah. me to those groups, and I see
0: the other side of the it. Other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's painful. Yeah. So, what would your ideal role within theater or entertainment live entertainment be
1: uh you know i i really enjoy the producer role at this point and okay. like seeing them bring the puzzle pieces together which i know ironically i'll give myself a little credit Is kind of what i do now
0: right
1: it's so, people together
0: yeah with I the different play. events and experiences yeah.
1: yeah and it's different and i bring those production folks with me but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i i don't want to live in that world of the director or you know it, that That's it's pressure to mm-hmm. You have to make it perfect. And, um, and you know, we talked about the Imhotra syndrome a little bit before kind of got started. Yeah. It's, it's some of that. Yeah. It goes on with that. Why? But I think b- bringing that, those people together to make it happen is what's wonderful.
0: Okay. So you were saying that like what you're really passionate about, what really brings you joy is Disney. Mm-hmm. So why did you not take a Disney path? I,
1: I discovered later in life. My- Later, in life, 30. <laughs> later in life. Um, I'm a Disney adult. I'll say that. Okay. I'll own that with pride. I love being a Disney adult. And people that give that a hard time are kidding themselves. They're probably Disney adults too. <laughs> because you can't tell me. Who doesn't love Disney? You love Disney?
0: I love I love aspects of Disney. I don't think I could be submerged in that environment all the time. The that would stress me out.
1: Yeah. The machine of Disney is insane. Like like what members oh
0: yeah they,
1: like we we're talking about me drinking the Kool-Aid I think there's a real I don't want to say client but like I said I own being a Disney adult mm-hmm. but I think some of the Disney cast members stuff have that cult like experience especially yeah. when they start young and you know they're involved in it from that sure. long but you have a brand affinity that you love mm-hmm. you want to boost your brand that you're proud of mm-hmm. you know, which is what I do with h t so I, I can't fault them for that because I'm they look at me probably think the same thing yeah um that's when we go over the machine. I think the Disney machine is is insane and just what we learned from our, watching our childhood shows. Right. Child stars that have come out of it and some of what they've experienced and talked about. I um, don't I think that's just interesting in its own. But um,
0: Disney people are just a different type of breed.
1: Very. Yeah.
0: Which I could see you like fitting into that.
1: Yeah, Do you I think there's
0: like a future career path that would put you in that
1: direction? Eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that, as I've grown with AT and T, and then been exposed to some of these other groups and these these companies that we deal with, is that most of the time there are verticals you didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. and and things like that. And so, like, there's the level of just getting involved, being like uh, on sponsorships and things like that. Right. You're working with other brands directly, right? Uh, and so, like, AT and T and Disney have a relationship from with I was sponsor for Disney World. I mean. It shows an age. Yeah. Name, so don't quote me. I'm not that strong. But I don't know see it. Um, and we have a Disney, we have an agency store on property at Disney World and things like that. So I mm-hmm. know a little bit about it, but it's like the relationship you can have, not necessarily what we were talking about production-wise. Right. But other roles in that corporate environment that would be interesting for me. And yeah. I, at this point, could see myself in that version.
0: I would like to see that at some point for you. Yeah.
1: Because I know how much you
0: do love Disney. So that would be cool. Um, I do have a couple of questions really within like the leadership realm, not anything pertaining to Disney, but this might throw you for a, a, a little loop here. But what challenges have you faced in corporate with being a gay man?
1: No. You know, I I was I was talking to my friend earlier today i was coming and doing this and they asked me kind of asked me what do i want to talk about and and i'll be honest i did say i I wouldn't mind talking about being uh, a gay man and my experience in that yeah you know i i'm formulating and thinking about my experiences as that i have had an overwhelmingly positive experience Mm and in in the fact that i am a member of league which is the Mm -hmm. uh, the employee group at at Right. So members of the LGBTQ community. So I know those people that are directly feeling the same experience as I am. Yeah. And, and we can talk about that. Yeah. And then I've been exposed to leaders um, from like an officer level um, that I can connect with. And, you know, at that level is what's eye-opening for me more than anything is to see how little representation it is. Or at least open. Right. And I'm not going to get into that. I yeah. just think that there's less open representation, right. leadership roles in most companies. I mean, yeah. not not everywhere, but especially at ATT and t and and we're doing better as a company of like exposing, like sharing, yeah, what our our DNI looks like yeah, like every sure. the company, which is great. But is your question about my experience? Yeah, right
0: your specific experience, like whether that's negative or positive, or maybe some of the obstacles you've had to overcome, or converse hard conversations yeah. you've had to have. What does that look like?
1: Honestly, it's been positive. I haven't had those difficult conversations. It's never been, I don't want to say it's like, they don't see it. It, it right. just has never been a topic of conversation. It's never been an obstacle for someone else. Yeah. That hinders all, all I try to portray is that I'm effective in my job. hmm And it doesn't matter if I'm gay, straight. It doesn't matter. Right. Right. Because I'm good at my job. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, not, I don't, hide. I'm, I'm very open at work. And,
0: yeah.
1: You know, send TikToks and, and have a good time. Yeah. I'll wear my pride wristband and and sh- I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. Um, but truly has been a positive experience. I, I don't have a, a moment in my career that I think back on there. I had an issue. Uh, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of one.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, what is that issue?
1: It was an issue. It was because I addressed it right away. But yeah. I had a manager. This was, man. this was 10... Like right in the beginning, yeah, ten, nine, ten years ago, uh, we had a new phone come out, and it was yellow. The phone itself, okay. And AT&T gives their employees company phones, yeah, from from like that. And so we were talking about the new phone coming out, and everyone always wants an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants that, like sure, me too. I'm all in the ecosystem, but this phone was yellow, and I remember overhearing my manager at the time say, "Oh, we should give it to Keith." because it's yellow with the undertone <laughs> and I know, if, okay. I know with the undertone of the experience because i was gay right that's why i should have it and and i remember mm-hmm. going in there because like all the other
0: phones just like black
1: yeah yeah there, were, I... they, there were different that model had different colors mm-hmm. was, like yellow or black mm-hmm. i think white yeah and so to single that one color out I, it, the undertone in the room hearing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it justice. I'm not going to act it out, but it really <laughs> was. I felt that in that moment. Yeah. He was, it was because of that. Yeah. And I addressed her right then. I walked in. And I was like, hey, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. And we talked about it. And I was like, it, it truly, I was like, hey, I don't want that phone because it sucks. Right? Sorry. <laughs> um, but it just, it. I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. And he, he understood. We talked about it for a minute and we moved past it very quickly. He, ended up leaving that role and left. And I got a wonderful manager for that, who I currently work for, and then I came back to it. And so it's, it blossomed into a good moment. Do it you, was, it felt a slight at the moment.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like by having that experience, you were able to enlighten his or her, like understanding of just education even, or?
1: Yeah, I think a little bit, right? We were in a small town in Missouri, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a little bit of that.
0: I get it. I'm from a small town in Missouri too. So.
1: Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. And, and so there's a little bit that's ingrained. Now, later on, I did become close with, like, his wife. Mm-hmm. And, we, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're not best friends, but we used to follow each other and talk on Facebook randomly, right? swipe up on a story and things like that. And um, overall, I think it did help
0: mm-hmm.
1: with some of that for him to see, like, even if, like, it's just not the place. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not that anywhere is the place, but keep it yourself yeah you know and and hopefully you can take something from that and learn like you know maybe that's not yeah it's not that
0: yeah honestly I mean I do think it's good to vocalize different aspects or have questions about them but ask them instead of just assuming them and perceiving conversation as that that is a positive like that that is your knowledge about this situation it's like, Go ahead and ask first mm-hmm. and then follow through with other questions of like more of like a learning experience or like having a conversation to gain understanding versus just pushing your opinion on someone, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, even as a, a gay man, and, and this is true in the community at large of like not understanding some of the subsections of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. So I even take it while myself to join groups with parents of trans kids yeah. to understand their experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meet with transgender adults and mm-hmm. like so hear their side of the story because I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have friends that are directly, you know, helping me understand that. Right. And so I took steps, like you're saying, like ask questions. Yeah. And, and it's okay. You yeah. Don't come from a place of love. Some people don't come from that place. Right. And when they ask their question, but it's okay to ask questions.
0: Right.
1: From a place of wanting to understand.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, I do have another question. As being a leader and a key employee at AT&T, what can you prep yourself for whenever you see a massive change in the market like we're currently seeing? And as I know, like, AT&T went through, just as a lot of companies have gone through this year, there was some massive layoffs. You know, not knowing if you're going to make the cut or not, number one, and then having to convey that message to the people that are under you, what that looks like, how do you prep them for that the best way you can? Uh, you know, how do you do that with grace and leadership?
1: Yeah, it's a good question because it you're right, it's not it's not exclusive to ATT. It's right. not exclusive to any company.
0: It's literally, I mean and yeah, every co- there's so many companies I've gone to it through it this year specifically. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can't, you know, I don't know why, right? I'm not, I don't pretend to, you know, watch the news every day and dig into the financial markets. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got friends that are all about it. Yeah. And they are on every earnings call and they're on everything from different companies and trying to invest their own money and learn like why it's changing. I will say from, uh, to answer your question about like, how do you handle it from a leadership perspective with Mm grace and and dignity respect for those people? Um, as someone who's recently gone through it, mm-hmm. unfortunately it's, it is a tricky mm-hmm. place to navigate, but for me personally, um, how I've gone to experience, I've been on the other side, yeah. I've been the one that's, you're impacted. Right. Uh, and, and for me, it was between me and one other person. That's hard. So, to, so your point of like, <laughs> who am I next? Like yeah. I truly, it was me and one other person. Right. And so I had no idea. Yeah. Right. Because it was a 50-50 situation, mm-hmm. and that came down. He had been there longer, so I was like, oh, well, that's me. I was, I was last in. It right. was out. It didn't work out that way. Right. Um, and yeah. and good news story, that guy actually made his way back to at t after a while. He's back now, and he's back to uh, shape, promoted from what he was. So it's, it, it, it all works out. Yeah. I think, and so for me, free question, when I approach that situation with my own team, you know, I am fortunately able to relate to them, fortunately, mm-hmm. but I'm able to relate to them in that sense of like, hey, I've been there. And no matter what, I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. Whether that means we're pushing hard to right. find other roles within the company. Right. Or I've got a connection outside of the company. Right. It, because the beauty of my role now, on my I'm in mean, now on my team, is I interact with all these people. And so I can connect them with people that maybe they aren't even aware of. That yeah. I can. And so- Sitting down, having conversations with them individually, right? Unfortunately, I have to deliver a news as a group, mm-hmm. but then immediately turn around saying, "Hey, let's chat." Oh, yeah. Um, I know we're in a turbulent situation. Tell me what you're passionate about. Yeah. Here's what I I think, but tell me if I'm wrong, and tell me if something's changed. We're going to work to connect you with these people. Yeah. To help you find something in that field, and then from there, we'll take that road as it as it comes. Because right. I don't, I can't control what we talked about earlier. Control, mm-hmm. you can control. I can't control what another company is going to do if they hire them or not. But I have, you know, my own interior with at sure. to say, hey, this person is great. Right. And I can't control that either. Right. I'm not making the hire decision. Right. But I'm going to be there for my employee no matter what. Till yeah. Their end, Yeah. Because I've had that experience. Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. I've had great managers with me. I've had great leaders up to them. Yeah. And I've learned from them that's how you have to do it. Yeah. Because it is, it is hard. Yeah, and it's it, no matter what. I I mean, I'll be honest. When I had deliver that news, I I didn't leave the meeting until I, I was sorry Yeah, and I, it, because I felt so much pain for my employees. Yeah, from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I found myself like, I'm you know I'm sorry, guys, because I'm supposed to hold it together, right? And I and they get that they're you know they're like it's okay, I'm like guys, it's not it's I'm fine. Yeah. I, I'm just emotional. It's you yeah. like so I'm here now. We're gonna get this out, mm-hmm. but we have to run. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna find something for you. And so that was even now, like just have lunch with one of my employees that unfortunately just lost on Monday. And um we're chatting through what they're going through right now. Mm-hmm. And and we're I'm still trying to help them. Yeah. Because it doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, you know, I in all these people I've met along the road, they're still really close friends with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'm not gonna call it a family. I think that's cliche, but there are several people that through my journey I've become really close with them right I consider my family but for the most part all of these people I I feel close with and I want them to succeed yeah and that's what I have to convey to
0: them what about for the people that you really don't like or connect with
1: there's still a level of respect I have for them um I, yeah I mentioned earlier I have I've always had great peers yeah on my director team I've never interacted with someone that I didn't necessarily get along with
0: mm-hmm. get that
1: um we had disagreements Everyone has this its Yeah. One, right? One thing, this. One thing, it's this opinion. And that happens. But, excuse me, Um, I still think there's a level of respect because they have all done great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a leader, your direct report, like, who am I? Like, it's my fault, right? A little bit of how I feel. It's my fault that you didn't perform well. Yeah. Because where was I supporting you from before? Right. So, for, like, my team recently. Mm-hmm. I have this level of respect for them because I learned from them how great it is to be a team and and, and work with each other to make it happen. And even if I think that someone's not the best on my team, I still will help them to the bitter end. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because at that point it's it's that's my role. Yeah. Is to help them. Yeah.
0: You're a good man and that's definitely demonstrates great leadership quality there, right? Like right there because not all leaders will and or have done that for their teams. And obviously, that definitely shows more about your character as a person by being able to still partially be responsible or feel responsible in guiding them even when they're not under your guidance anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because so. yeah, I want them to succeed mm-hmm. at the other day. I just like, you know, when I was 19 and I wanted to make money and I was living at home. Yeah. I just wanted to be great. Right. I wanted to feel good about it. And I want right. to feel that now. Yeah. And as we've gotten older and gone through that. and Yeah, I learned that from a really great leader, David. David, he was my boss a few, a few jobs ago. And he, he taught me, I think, more than
0: anybody. And,
1: uh... and sometimes it's heads down. And other times you've got to be screaming to the rooftop. Right. And and so it's, it's knowing when to pick your battles and things like that. And always having your teams back no matter what. And even if that means you've got fallen on the sword,
0: mm-hmm. it sucks.
1: Yeah. Deal with it. It's fine. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's work. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah. Right. You can't stress the small things. And again, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But if you keep thinking that, and that's what I have to do even now, is think, it's okay. We're going to get through it. Yeah. I'm going to support you. I'm going to support this team. I'm going to support this company. And we're going to come through it on the other side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's beautiful. With working for such a large enterprise company, and maybe this is like good advice for your former employees, how can they and how can even you really stand apart to be seen by your leadership or their leadership? How, what, what, what can they do to really be seen, really to get their voices, be heard, and have their work amplified in such a large corporation?
1: You have to express yourself no matter what you want, even if that's just telling your boss, okay. you know, I want to do this next, you know, who do I talk to? Right. Or I, I think encompassed that all. Let's all, let's do, let's do that. And yeah. do it overarching. It has to over communicate. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, it can be scary. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I started reading a book recently uh, about networking authentically. Anyway, what is the book called? Oh my gosh, she's she would she's uh she would hate me if I if I got this wrong. Uh, I don't remember what off the top of my head. Okay. I can look, but I'll tell you. It's it's um indie, okay. and part of it is like authentically networking. Yeah, that's part of the title. But it's uh, it's by Rachel Simon. She's a she's actually a VP at ATT, which is a whole nother thing. Okay, how we got connected, and so it's ironically making connections with her, finding about this book, yeah, starting to read it, and get real life examples from it, and but over communicating. Mm-hmm. network with people that you you don't know right. even and if that means like for me joining an employee resource group or employee group mm-hmm. there's dozens of employee groups at at&t most large companies have some sort of employee group set up
0: right
1: and even small companies you know a small business you build this camaraderie with people you work with right my my family's owned a metal recycling business for i don't know 70 years okay and my dad runs that i my brother i'm you know I'm small town. Yeah. I'm not going to be gay working at a metal recycling. Factory. It's just, <laughs> it, it was very mom and pop. It's not yeah. big metal recycling, yeah. thing, all that. It's local guys, grungy, bring it in, recycling. A yeah. Camp. Um, not for me. <laughs> well, my dad, but it's just not for me. But even those small companies, you can build a camaraderie with your people that work together. Sure. Um, and so over communicate, build a network with your people and then expand your network with those people. Mm-hmm. Because they know someone that you don't know, right? And and do it authentically. Don't don't come out of the gate unless you're gonna own it. Own it. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you're like, I just want to be promoted. And I want to talk to you about that. That's fine. Be yeah. honest about that. But don't be around the bush. But generally, most people and Rachel says in her book, if you do networking right, mm-hmm. people leave feeling happy about it. Yeah, which is so true. Like you, if you're if you're going with good intent, yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna leave both of you. happy. Right, which is great, and you you get something out of it, which is great too, but you aren't um, overwhelmed or
0: stressed about it. Sure, I mean, usually when you're networking correctly, you're providing value to the other person. Correct, and the other person the same in response. So exactly, you would be both gaining value. Yeah, I have another off the wall question, but do you think you just brought up like these employee resource groups, such as like I don't know some of the ones at AT and T, but like. Major companies have like Hispanic heritage groups or different cultural groups that they will allow their employees to be engaged with to be able to easy, to have easy access to networking with people that they could relate with. Do you think that those are silos within a company? Yes. So why do they exist? Uh,
1: I think there's still an inherent thing to share your stories as a community. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I was talking about earlier, like connecting with adults and, uh, who are transgender or adults with children who are transgender, learning about that, that's such a tight knit thing sure. that people that are part of the community may not want to share wider, you know, there, there's a relatability yeah. in your own community. Yeah. And so you feel more comfortable.
0: Do you think that fun. there's a way that we could do that without the silo?
1: I think so. Yeah. Because there's, it's, it's, uh, for me, it's. How do I take my experience or relate it to theirs? Mm-hmm. I, it, we are we have separate experiences, right? Right. I, I can't say that can be I, a familiar experience. Exactly. Yeah, because it's and it truly is. Right. Most most communities that are marginalized in a mm-hmm. way have that same feeling of feeling small and undervalued, right? And you can come together in that. That's that's common. Unfortunately, that's a commonality that you can bring together. But um, it's a way to get out of that. Like I'm going through because I'm gay. I'm going right. through because I'm in the Hispanic community. Like, you're both going through it, and it's okay. Right, we'll work together to figure it out. Yeah, and we'll network. We'll both get some value out of how do we help each other, mm-hmm. and to minimize that in the future.
0: So, what do you think a better alternative for enterprise or just corporations in general could utilize some of these employee resource groups without having such strict Boundaries and/or like, I hate to word the word, use the word silo again, but without having that silo around it.
1: I think um I don't know. I'll take it from a stance of if if I was running a project to try to bring them together. Yeah. Let's just if I had to ideate and we'll have a brainstorm session about it. Is how do we help them? Number one, how do we help them see that they have commonality? Mm-hmm. I think right now, maybe they don't see that mm-hmm. and. And if I'm off base, that's fine. But I I sometimes don't see the struggle other people are going through. Sure. And it's one thing to be empathetic, that's great. But you can't always see it. Right. So number one, how do we start that? And mm-hmm. I think those are sit-down conversations with some of the leaders of those silos. I'm not yeah. sure to again. Yeah. But some of those people that are hearing it from their peers or their peers right. that are involved because they're comfortable talking with them. Mm-hmm. And those leaders who I envision in my mind have enough respect for each other that they want to open up with each other because sure. they see it from a larger perspective. Like what we're talking about, yeah. of we have a shared common goal. And so getting them in a room together mm-hmm. first, talk through it, understand the common ground. And then from there, you have a task force that goes out and gets larger feedback from each group to understand, okay, are we just missing and not connecting with each other? Right. And then, and how would you want to connect? Would you want to come together in like a big party and, yeah. you know, what's just all mingle and chat, but then- think through that that's a whole nother topic of the event like right what that look like. right um how do you make them talk to each other because then they just get there and they talk to each other again so um have those initial feedback sessions about what's missing mm-hmm. from them because it's not not for one person to decide it's not for you know that one I leader to say this is it right that's all right you have to get feedback from each other
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we're, we're sitting and talking about shared experiences. If you're not right. asking about the shared experience, you're missing the point. Right. And so going from there and, and understanding what people think is missing and then implementing some of those changes that they want. And from there, you're pressure testing. See, is it working? Right. Mm-hmm. You're continuously growing through feedback from those situations of, OK, we threw an event to bring people together. Or, you know, we we asked one group to plan this other group's, you know, gala. Yeah. How did they like it? Did they enjoy it? Like, did you grow out of it? What was the feedback? What? When did you lesson learn? Yeah. And and then from there you continuously grow because you're Mm -hmm. listening to feedback about the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. mean, I think that's a real like formative layout that I think leaders need to be aware of, and that there's other ways around getting people together and bringing cognitive diversity to the forefront of people's minds without just utilizing these silos. Yeah. And I do think that we need to move in a way that they are more inclusive than just utilizing these silos. Mm-hmm. Uh you were talking about events and I know I, I'm curious about this from my own event background and experience. What has been one of your favorite events that you have hosted at AT and T. What was one of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome, and what what did
1: you do to, to overcome, overcome that? Mm-hmm. This is a good interview question. Good <laughs> <I mean>, luck <laughs> asked that question in interview to somebody. You've been asked. No, I've asked. Oh, asked okay. You were okay. Like, you know, yeah. what did you overcome? Yeah, that, that good question. That's a
0: real thing. Like people yeah. don't understand with running, especially large events. Mm-hmm. How much can go wrong, Mm -hmm. and how quickly, Mm -hmm. and how quickly you have to make decisions, and you have to be confident in those decisions, because once you make it, you can't just undo that and go back to a different plan. (laughs) Yeah,
1: especially in something so public. Yeah. Something huge. Yeah. Um, Okay. I have a great example. Okay. It kind of fits all those buckets, which is um, when the Discovery District hosted the NCAA's Super Saturday conference. Okay. Back during uh, women's final four in Dallas this year in 2023, we had Saweetie, okay, which was great. Yep, we were immediately thrilled, thinking, "Oh, this is great." Yeah, we had a great event plan with producers, uh, the production team, um, my team, who was gazing through all the then the groups that support the district. It's an army of people, even though we make it look like magic, and and so getting all these groups together, that was the easy part. Yeah, it was fun. We yep. knew what was going to happen. We knew when it was going to happen. We knew who was going to be there. We knew everything that we thought we needed to know. We had a security plan. You know, we we knew all of the food, drink. We knew right. everything. Right. Come to get there, the one piece that's very tricky in the Discovery District, and I think this is true for anything—not just me—but it's like there's so many opinions on what the event looks like mm-hmm. from a branding perspective, sure. like that. And ATT has a really recognized brand. Right. So does the NCAA. Right. And and as a, a sponsor of that through HTP NCAA, there was, you know, a, um, collaboration to make it look right. And yeah. exactly what we wanted. The ATT Determiner District, very specific. You've been there. Yeah. The media Wall, right? is its own its own.
0: Which needs. is not small by any means. No,
1: no, it's 104 feet tall. <laughs> it's just a 10 story building, just yeah. it up. It's great. Um yeah. it is very unique. Yeah. And it has a lot of unique design specifications and things like that. And so I remember that night we're going, the concert's happening. The concert is already started. Okay. DJ's going, opening act like Saweetie is on. Yeah. It is. It has been happening. It is currently happening and it's not stopping soon. <laughs> we had something on the media. And I remember I'm start getting my phone getting blowing up.
0: Uh-huh. The, line, the
1: production team, the sponsorship team, all these groups of like, Hey, where's this graphic?"
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: what, are you <laughs> what you're talking about? What you're talking about? Because I hadn't seen it, so I'm like, they're describing it to me. I'm like, I literally have no idea. Right. What you're talking.
0: About. Right. Um,
1: and so I'm curious to texting my group of like, can we get this up on the screen? Right. Because again, it's a the screen is so timed. well. Like well the production well, manager well, no. is timed, and it's every every event is keyed in, and so to make a last minute change during a live concert, mind you, with a huge act like Sweet mm-hmm. with eight thousand people, right, It's very noticeable. Right. And so I immediately texted my team, the content team, the technology team. I'm asking, like, hey, here's what I'm hearing from this launcher team. Where is this graphic? Do you guys know what we're talking about? Fortunately, I said several great peers. I mentioned them. Yeah. They knew what we were talking about. There was an error in the programming, and they were able to pull it out, get it programmed. It ran. And it was fine. Everyone yeah. was happy. They all got the pictures. It looked amazing. It was over it. Um, and I got to meet Sweetie that night, which was incredible. Um <laughs> so it, it worked out because I trusted the people that I knew right know. But in that moment, I'm like freaking out like, Right. what did I miss? Right. I'm like, what well, I didn't miss anything. My I had a great team that knew what was going on. Yeah. And I'm not gonna know everything. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. In a situation like that, an event like that, Right. I can't know every single thing. Yeah. But fortunately I have people that do.
0: And yeah. They're really
1: great to work with. And so Save the day, save the concert. I mean, it was never in jeopardy. It was great anyway. But it was that one moment that just made it wonderful. And knowing I had a cool team behind me, that made it right. Was great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What do you think would happen if no one on your team had any clue what this graphic was?
1: Um, You know that that conversation would have shifted back from from me to these other groups that were the external groups, Mm -hmm. the the internal folks that aren't my direct peers. Of like, hey guys, like. Let's have some accountability in the situation.
0: Right.
1: You're answering out a graphic that you've never brought up until now, you know, right. never delivered. So I'm going to run through the facts that I know at the time. Yeah. And see if we can resolve it then. Yeah. And if we can, that's great. If we got to the point where it's like, oh, we it was delivered late, here it is, great, let that, we'll get it done. Yeah. But if it turns out there's some accountability on their side, mm-hmm. well, on that in the moment, mm-hmm. and we'll move past it. Again, right. control you can control. At that point, it doesn't matter. But then after, we'll have a debrief. Mm-hmm. A few days later. So I think that was a Saturday night. So we'll talk Monday or Tuesday after everyone's happening. Right. We'll recap what happened, what went well, what we what didn't go to right And that way next time that happened again. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: well, I'm glad that wasn't your experience. You had a much easier experience than that. Thank, Thank you, me too. Um, okay. I'm gonna leave this with the last question. Our last guest did leave you a very specific question. And you get the pleasure of opening it, reading it, and then you get to answer that. And then also in response, you get to write the next guest a new question.
1: Who has had the biggest impact on your life? why?
0: That's a good
1: question. You know, I don't want to say some of the people that I've directly been around like my old bosses and things like that and I think it's a little cliche to say your parents but um let's take it back to the beginning I think Walt Disney that experience that he went through the as that have been and his culture may have been in some of his past what he created and you know still continues to inspire people every day mm-hmm. I think really have made an impact on me because it's it's not enough to, build something great you have to maintain it. yeah and so you can be great in a moment but it's a lot of work to keep it going yeah and and so and that can be exhausting and i think we all experience that some and i think but i look i look back at that experience and i beyond just him
0: right The
1: brand of disney and and there's other lasting brands too that you think of that have made an impact and it's it's a matter of maintain that and, and keeping something going for that long that's really inspiring to say you know i want to be great for you now i want to be great for you in the future yeah and so that you can rely on me right and yeah you know, i mentioned coming back to manager i've had like, i want to leave a positive experience because ultimately i want to get promoted i want to money. i, mean, I want to move on. right like something different more exciting sometimes or things like that not that i don't have an anxiety job now but it's it's like making a lasting impact mm-hmm. and doing it in a positive way. Cause you make a, you can make a negative right. lasting impact. Sure, is not great, but, Right, um, you know, having that moment to say you've got someone in your corner right, because you inspired them or you did something that you may think is small, but in that moment for them was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something they remember. And I want to be, I want to make leaves people with a lasting impression that's positive. Yeah. And so I think Disney does that in a way. And and Walt Disney created that vision to make that moment. Sure. Uh, And and plus the show, if you will. Yeah. Right. Like it's always, there's always something else you can do that's a little bit better. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to do that.
0: It's beautiful. Well, we will end on that note Keith. this has been a fun conversation you're so easy to talk to and i love it
1: thank you thank
0: you so much for joining us on the electric theory podcast
1: Any time, look here. it's another good day we had another good day and if you line up enough good days fuck around have a good life